Hey, everybody, welcome back to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. We are now into the month of April, which means we are into NFL Draft Month. In fact, the draft will be going on at this very moment, exactly three weeks from now. And uh, believe me, we are no closer to knowing who the Steelers are going to take at 20 than anybody else is. And anybody that tells you they know who the Steelers are taking at 20 right now is full of shit, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, Ryan, Ben, Ian, all with me tonight. And uh, our plan of action is to cover uh, the tight ends in this draft as well as the offensive line. Take a look at who may fit the Steelers, who may not. Would they even look at a tight end? Um, would they even look at an offensive tackle? I mean, there's all kinds of questions there. And uh, we'll start by talking a little bit about um, the contract situations for Deontay Johnson and Minka Fitzpatrick. But first of all, gentlemen, the most important question of the evening is what are we drinking tonight? Um, Ryan, I know I know you're uh, you're kind of softballing it tonight. What are you drinking, Ryan? Shirley Temple's? Uh, fruition, John Eagles, John Eagles, uh, you know, sparkling water, John Eagles, sparkling water. It's good for you. Got uh, as- probably got aspartame in it. It's good for uh, you. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Some, uh, some cancer causing agent, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what do you have tonight? Uh, I have just yingling. Uh, oh. but I will say today is national beer day. It um, is marking, uh, the day that the Colin Harrison act went into effect after president Franklin Roosevelt signed it into law, effectively ending prohibition. So happy days are here again. FDR. Cheers. What a guy. That's right. All the great things he did, but that's the most important. Uh, <laughs> Ben, what, uh, what do you got tonight? I've got a selection of, uh, beers from 10 barrel brewing. Kind of Very a nice. Taste yeah. And that's an Oregon company, right? It is, of course. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Nature Calls is a an, an IPA, one of the IPAs they make. And I've got a couple more IPAs. Excellent. They, yeah. Kind of a combo pack. Yep. Good yep. Shit. Well, that, yeah, that's exactly what I have. I, I got a combo pack uh, from Southern Tier. Oh, uh, I like uh, Southern Tier. They're the best. Yeah. Except Southern for that whiskey they make. That's disgusting. I haven't tried that. And I'll, I'll not bother. whiskey. I'm sure it's but, right up your alley, Mark. Uh, you could you could pair it with mango, whatever, and well, it would be delicious. Hey, I will be trying the Yingling mango at some point this summer. I can tell you Wait, that right now. You've I already it. had it. I've not the Yingling. I haven't had the Yingling. Just the, the Iron, Iron City, City man. The Icy right. Light but, mango. Uh, I got the Icy mango. That's I have nice. a little quiet man uh, as well. Uh, by the way, Ben, my my father in law discovered my uh, 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 red breast and, and? Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. So everyone loves it. It's good whiskey. Yeah, it's well, yeah, this is true. It's uh, I mean it's fantastic. Well, I, it is. He he couldn't get over how smooth it was and just he's oh that's so good. And you know, so yeah. I, anyway. I think the quiet man's really good whiskey though, too. I, it's I very have nice. To say, I love it. I mean, I again I, I didn't make the whiskey. Somebody gave that to me as a gift originally, Ryan, and then I recommended it to these two knuckleheads, and they both love it. No, it's it's terrific. Check it it's, out. Um, yeah. it's, it's it's a good traditional. Irish Check it out, whiskey. man. Okay, it's traditional um, Irish whiskey, but they age it in bourbon barrels, right? And it um, really smooths things out. I I don't know of a better way to explain it. Um, it's still got that Irish whiskey flavor and body to it, but it's it's just a lot smoother than like you know Jamie. Yes. No, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of something and that that's, yeah, that's good. I, I wouldn't have thought of anything better than that. Um, Jamie is very popular with a lot of people, but Jamie's good whiskey. It, it's good. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I just, I think sometimes people think of it as the be all end all. And I, nah, I just don't nah. think it is. No, you no. Know? There are a lot of Irish whiskeys that are fantastic. Right. I mean, right. Lots. Um, let's transition uh, to Deontay Johnson here. Because ah. um, when when the season ended back, you know, when we lost to Kansas City in the first round of the playoffs, um, and, and Ben, you've kind of made this comment, you know, if, if they could have at that moment, they probably could have uh, signed him to a new deal, roughly, what, $15 million a year? Um, and, well, and uh, that was the may, rumor. The rumor that it was that he wanted yeah. $15 million for five, uh, you know, five and 75, which is $15 million a year. Right. Um and if I said at the time they should take that deal 
today and walk away going, great. Got a good deal. Well, uh, Steelers Twitter was all up in arms. He's not worth that much. He's not, guess what, guys? He's going to get even more now. A so lot the, more. Yeah, and the reason I wanted to bring it up before we got into the draft stuff tonight was, was because you, you have to understand the difference between what we think a guy is worth and what the market is saying he's worth. So if you go back to the beginning of free agency, Jacksonville went and signed Christian Kirk. And look, no offense to Christian Kirk, but he, he is sucks. not – He's not worth the money okay. that they he signed suck, him to. He's, he's not. He's he's a number two. Yeah, I, right. And they signed him to what? Twenty million a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then earlier, well, late last week, um, or early this week, you had Stefan Diggs sign a huge deal, and, and he deserves that money. I, I will take him. He got way twenty-five over. mil. Right. So it's the market that is doing this it's not anybody saying Deontay Johnson's worth this or worth that it, it's no different than the quarterback market you know we we look at we make the joke all the time oh yes please re-sign Baker Mayfield at you know x amount of doubt well they're not going to now obviously. well yeah he's gone that's too right bad. but but um because that's what the market says so right. that that's where this is and and yeah Tyreek you know, Hill got 30 Devontae Adams got 28 D Hop yeah. is still at 27 and change uh, DJ Moore is at 20, Keenan Allen's at 20, Mike Williams is at 20, Amari Cooper is at 20, Chris Godwin's at 20. Yeah, that's the thing. If if Mike Williams and uh, yeah, and and some of those other guys, mm-hmm. DJ Moore, if they're at 20, then that's what Deontay is going to be asking for, 20, right? 21, somewhere in there. Like his agent should be fired if he doesn't ask for that. Yes, I mean, he yes! he had. He had he had 900 plus yards in 2020 when he missed a couple games. Mm-hmm. He had almost 1,200 yards last year, and you know was I mean what did he finish 10th in the league in receiving yards last year? I think I mean he's been very consistent, right around 11 yards per catch his whole career. Um, you know he was probably our best yards after catch receiver, you know, with the ball in his hands. He's coming off a Pro Bowl year. Um, you know, it's – yeah, the, the, and he's the point the his last agent, year of his rookie deal. His, his agent yeah. should be asking for the that. The point his agent is going to make is this guy is going like this. He's going yeah. up, and he's mm-hmm. going to continue mm-hmm. to do that. It's he's well, Maybe I should do it this way so that it goes up the screen the right way. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So he's he's going upward. He's trending upward. And he's going to continue to get better. He hasn't entered his prime yet. And that is what his agent is going to say. The True. Steelers may counter with, well, he's had some some drops in critical moments, and we really need somebody we can count on, and blah, blah, blah. You know, and then they'll come back and talk about all the work he's putting in and about how he's he's decreased his drops every year, which he has. How he's working his ass off yeah. and wants to be a Steeler, wants to contribute, and all of that stuff. So, so- if he's asking for 20 or 21, maybe they land at, I don't know, 19. But he's still getting more than the 15 he wanted in February, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which they should have put – they should have been like, really, 15? Sure, here. Well, and Ryan, that's what I was going to ask you is what what's the number that either says we got a deal or the number just a tad higher that says, I'm sorry, we're not paying that. I, I mean, that that's where they're at. I mean, is it – is it 18, 19? Is it 20? Uh, you know, if you look at the Steelers situation, they, they make us coming up for a deal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so you, you've got to be brutal with the money. What, what do you think? You just got to manage your cap. Well, yeah. I mean, I, the Steelers historically don't, don't, you know, they don't do that second wide receiver contract. Um, and, you know, Deontay Hines. is not well. Hines, AB. yes, and AB. Hines and AB. That's well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, not Plax, and not no. not not Mike Wallace, not not, not Santonio Holmes. I mean, not, they traded yeah. him after he right. was Super Bowl yeah. MVP. You know, not yeah, not but Santonio is not Emmanuel Sanders. So was not this, a good guy. Not at the time. He's not he's at the time. corner. Yeah, not yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, it wouldn't. You know. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know what the number is if it's too much. I think it's just going to come down to do the Steelers trust themselves enough to find another Deontay Johnson 
in next year's draft. And, and they have a, they have a, a great track record of, of, mm-hmm. um, of, of finding elite wide receivers. Now, you know, we talked about the market and setting the market. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's the same with anything like the housing market, you know, it's just, it's what it is. You know? right. <laughs> like, like, you know, how a real estate agent is going to say, Nope. Uh, uh, I'm, you know, this house is 500 grand, you know, take it or leave it or whatever and vice, you know, I'm, but I'm just, no, I mean, that's, yeah, just, that's right. just the way it is. Like, don't be mad at the market. Like, don't be mad at the player or the team. But I, I just think at the end of the day, do the Steelers, um, I don't know, do they, do they value him enough that they're, they, they're going to pay him the number that he wants. Now, if he's asking for some crazy number, I don't think they would, but mm-hmm. I do think, you know, if he did ask for 20, I think that they would just, you know, have to go through the, the process and figure out if the, if if that's what um, they're comfortable doing long term. I do think he's a really good wide receiver. I don't think he's necessarily as as good as the guys that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's our number one wide receiver, and right. is probably going to be if he stays. He will continually be that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it takes two. Yeah, Ben says this all the time, but it takes two to tango. You know, yep, yeah, and yep. Deontay, Deontay might be like, you know, I want 25 million. And the Steelers might be like, eh, sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I, I, but who, but like Ian said, I mean, you're the hot commodity. You're, you, yeah. you know, like you, you're, you know, you have the leverage. But I don't you know, think, we'll I don't think Deontay can get 25 mil next year in the open market. And the, he the, might ask. <laughs> he might. He might. Well, and yeah. I, here, I would. Here's, Here's the downside for him. He's got to go out and play 17 games this year, and he risks injury. And if he if he has a serious injury, he diminishes his worth by 60%, 70% on the open market. He's going to have to go out and sign a one-year prove-it deal to try and come back if he's seriously hurt. Yep. So he's, he's better off taking a long-term deal from the Steelers this summer. Does now, it, does will, it, will they be able to come to a number? I don't yeah. know. Does it help him that they are so weak right now at the receiver position? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they lost three of them. Right. I mean, yeah. last year, going into the season, they had five guys that were starter capable. Yeah. Five. Yep. Right now, they got two. Ooh. Enrico Bussy and a couple of other practice squad guys. Is yeah. Bussy even around anymore? I don't Rico know. Rico Suave. I think he's. Rico Suave. Rico. Yes. Uh, yeah. The other. But- yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I just Ben, Ben and Deontay were typically on the same page. Like they had they had good chemistry. Yeah. Um, you know, interested to see how um Deontay does with Mitch and For sure. or Mason, depending on you know who it's gonna be Mitch, but you know, if Mitch has to miss a game or whatever. Um, but you know, I, I just I, I wanted to make this uh, this point, but the, the the Steelers Twitter saying that Deontay doesn't drop balls. They're just really hard catches. And I, I just, I, I'm not going to blame every one of them on him, but like there have definitely been some, some, some doozies that are just like, okay, like you got to catch that ball. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yes. just, you're no. a professional. This, yep. this it's is what you're paid to do. Exactly. This yeah. is your occupation. They're really hard catches. When, though. when you go out there, <laughs> And you know you have to make a catch to convert a third down. You cannot drop it. You can't. Yeah. You don't. The first thing you got to do is worry about just securing the ball and not. Don't worry about yak. Don't worry about trying to get upfield. Just move the chains. And then once you've got the ball, then worry about going upfield. Yeah. Well, Deontay doesn't quite do that all the time, in my opinion. No, I, there are definitely moments where you see it's it's the classic head already looking upfield right. before the ball is secured type of thing, and and I you know he's going to have to overcome that. I he's going to have to look the ball in and, and yeah. be more reliable, become more of a possession threat on third downs. Yeah, he's come a long way. He's worked very very hard at his craft, and I, yes. I have no reason to think he won't continue to work at that. And I I do I believe uh, some of the receivers are working with uh, Mitch Trubisky this week. I don't know where. At his house in Florida. Florida. Is that yeah. where it and was? And he okay. also invited uh, Mason and Haskins down there. Oh, very nice. And Najee, nice. too, I believe. Well, Najee is going, yeah. 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 Okay. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. It's kind of good stuff. Um, the other contract situation, and, and this uh, was was from the uh, AFC North reporter, Adidi Kovinkabala, uh, who uh, – Oh. Yeah. She threw out the nugget that the Steelers and Minka Fitzpatrick – 
are close on a, uh, a, a new deal. Now, close could be like uh, playing horseshoes and you just landed the shoe very, very close to the post. Or it could be you just threw the shoe in the wrong direction. Um, we don't really know. But, I mean, for him to be the highest paid uh, safety, Ian, he's going to have to come in where, like $18 million? Yeah, 18, 18 yeah. million would make him on, on average would make him the highest paid safety in the league. Now, there's other ways you can get around that, right? That you know, with the the total guaranteed or fully guaranteed numbers or or whatever, um, you know, like T.J. Watt's contract, for instance, mm -hmm. isn't as far as you know average annual value goes, the highest for. And, or no, it is. It's the highest for an edge rusher, but his total guaranteed is like fourth or fifth. So yeah. they they gave Watt the highest average value per year, but it wasn't in total dollars the highest. It wasn't the highest in total guarantees, things like that. So yeah, for, for Minka, I would probably expect something similar um, because as we know, the Steelers don't guarantee money after the first after the signing bonus, basically. Usually, um, usually. In most yeah. cases. Although they broke that mold last year, and With, yeah, so you, although, now you have to wonder whether or not they're going to continue to do that. You do. Although I think last year, as we talked about, was an anomaly because the cap went down. I mean, nobody expected pandemic, a global yeah. pandemic to decrease revenues to the point where the cap didn't move or, or went down or all, right. all, all, everything else that happened. Right. Um, so, so last year was just a, an anomaly for doing business. And really, I mean, they put those void years in, I don't think they're going to want to do that anymore in the future. It's, they also looked at it as last year was Ben's last year. So they kind of did what they needed to do from a cap standpoint to make it work and, and try and fit everything in to try and make a run at it. Um, right. But you know, it is what it is. So yeah, I, 18 million a year gets it done for, well, not gets done. 18 million a year would make make a the highest paid safety in the league. Put him above um, Jamal Adams, who's currently yeah number one, 17.5, yeah. which is yeah. ridiculous. Agreed for a linebacker. Yeah, which which considering that the next highest is Harrison Smith at 16, yeah, that that you know Does, one and a half million per year jumps pretty big. Yeah, and it also just it feels to me like that's. I don't know. I don't know yeah. about you. Harrison Smith seems to be overpaid him from from my standpoint. I, I, but again, it comes yeah. back to what Ryan was talking about before. It's the market. If the market will pay safeties this much, mm -hmm. agents will go in and mm -hmm. ask for this much plus a little extra. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Oh, and, and I was just I mean, I thought I thought Justin Simmons probably should have been should have beaten Harrison Smith's number. I agree. Um, although Simmons got the most structure, fully guaranteed money in his contract, other than Adams, who is kind of a linebacker. But I mean, the the number to look at would is probably ninety million, right? That's five years at eighteen million a year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Minka is what 25, 26 years old, so that gets him to his age thirty one season. So five five years at you know ninety million is is probably a good number for where you want to see this coming and, and i think too we all need to kind of remember that you know when we made the deal for him that this was part of that that we knew the benefit was that he was still on the rookie deal right. and he wasn't going to count much towards a cat but we knew if he played to the way we think he could play which he for the most part has this was coming so any any Steelers fan that is acting like this is oh this is ridiculous or they, they don't know what's been going on here I think it's 26 and yeah. and also let's not forget the the benefit of the deal also Minka having been a first round pick was eligible for the fifth year the option fifth year. too which yeah. we did exercise yeah. right which, which is always probably huge. should have exercised on Terrell Edmonds in retrospect too but you know well uh, I, I don't know that's it, it's 10 million dollars do you think Terrell Edmonds is worth $10 million? No. Even but, for one season? No, but now we're in a point where it's we're kind of in trouble with our strong safety position. I agree. So, I know. agree, but at, at that price point. Ryan, have you, have you ever seen – it's probably a rhetorical question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have you ever seen panic 
in the front office there when they get into a situation like this one where they literally don't have a strong safety right now and and the draft is coming there's a couple of names out there but there's really nobody beyond that i mean did, did they ever did you ever see frustration did you ever see that before Nah, i i didn't yeah. and i and i i mean and i and i'm trying to think of a time during my time there where there was a situation kind of like this um off the top of my head, I can't think of one. There's not many. I mean, they you know, usually like, have. Like, I mean, yeah. it's it's like not that you look at the depth chart, you know, too much in on April seventh, yeah. but like if you look right. at it, it's just like, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, and and you know, keep in keep in mind that this defense does. We've talked about this many times. This defense has playmakers. It has superstars, mm-hmm. but collectively as a unit, they were really bad last year. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great that they led the league in sacks. Yes, again, again, great. <laughs> but uh, they had the worst rush defense in the league. They had the worst rush defense in team history. And, you know, oftentimes you would see Minka playing everywhere because the front Minka seven. Effectively playing linebacker. <laughs> yes. So Coming in to, to cover for the linebackers who yep. so weren't taking care of the rush lanes. So, again, the mar- the market's what it is. Um, I, I do think Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick's a really good player. I I, I this is probably going to get some hate from Steelers fans, but I think Steelers fans overrate him. And I, and I think it's because the moment we traded for him, that dude was in, involved in every huge defensive play True. in 2019. Like, you know, pick, whether it's picking off Brian Hoyer, picking off Jimmy G fumbles. Uh, I, I you know. think it's more than that, Ryan. I think the, the difference between who we had at free safety before, and that was, uh, Sean Davis. It was Sean Davis. Sean. Sean Davis. Yes. And then immediately going to, to, you know, the huge upgrade. People overestimate not its impact, not his impact, but his ability because of that, because he's mm-hmm. so much better than the guy we had before. And they mention him and Troy in the same sentence, which nah, pisses yeah. me off. Yeah. Right. Uh, they're right. both not yet completely right. separate, but, but no. Right. And, and, and if, and if and, different players and, too. And, and like Ian, Ian said, you know, you know, being the highest paid is at highest paid total dollars is at highest paid mm-hmm. per year so that's, that's always a big point. that's just the that's just the you know that's a tag you get you know whatever right. but um but no i make is a really good football player and 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 i guess i i believe that he deserves to make more money per year than jamal adams jamal adams is a really good football player too but just two totally separate yeah ta- they're just they're not the same position agree no. agree Hey, before we uh, move one on, other, and, one uh, other quick yeah, note. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the fifth-year option for Edmonds was actually $6.7 because he didn't oh. get the Pro Bowl criterion. I would have oh. taken, taken that. Oh, wow. yeah, maybe we should have. I, I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was the 10 mil that they're paying Minka. No, Minka's Minka's made two Pro Bowls, so he his number's higher. Yeah, the there's there's escalators uh, yeah. with the Pro Bowls. So it would be right. 6.7 they for They should have exercised it. And for a guy that's only ever missed one game in his career, I mean, we, listen, we, we just talked about the yes, markets. It the markets, the market. <laughs> yep. it, it gives you an opportunity to draft, draft another guy like, to groom yep. behind him and or negotiate an extension at a reasonable rate. Yeah. Yeah. And considering what we were talking about is the market for safeties, like is, is basically 7 million a year. Like, are, are you going to be able to get a safety on the open market for seven million a year? I mean, I mean, I guess you could, but sure. You know, I mean, yeah, but not Matt, not not the honey badger, right? Yeah, exactly. No. And and just the rumor is that he's he was never coming deciding here, between <laughs> Philly and I guess New Orleans. You know, I, I that's the latest I've heard on that. Philly. Why the he, hell would you want to go to Philly? Well, you know. They're in Money. better shape than we are. Yeah, well, we're worse shape. I don't know. The they're, defense they're, isn't as good, and their failing. offense has a terrible quarterback. I agree. Jalen Hurts is a wild card. I agree. Yeah. Well, I, which also they could be one of those wild card teams that takes a quarterback ahead of us too. That's true. Um, you know, but we'll we'll talk more about that as we get a little closer. Hey, uh, just a reminder: the SCB Steelers podcast is presented by Deck Roofing of South Florida. Deck serves Broward in the Southern Palm Beach counties. Whether it's commercial, industrial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. 
NFL.com. Uh, draft stuff, guys. We we got through uh, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and we now move ourselves on to tight ends. It's not a great tight end draft this year. Um, if you look not at great. And, yeah, and I'm going to give um, um, a, a real big shout out here um, to uh, Dane Brugler at The Athletic because uh, he put out his uh, massive NFL draft guide today. This is almost 300 pages. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic, and I know people hate subscription services, I totally get it. This alone is probably worth that subscription. He does an amazing job of giving you insight into some of these players or all these players eligible for the draft. Um, so I, I'll give Dane a little shout out on that because it is just immense, immense work. Um, so we've covered those guys, and now we start looking at the tight ends. And really the consensus, guys, is that the number one tight end uh, is the John Mackey Award winner, a, a young guy out of Colorado State named Trey McBride. Um, and, you know, watching him on tape, he's, he's a talented young man, was a real good uh, high school athlete. He did football, baseball, basketball. Um, but he's, he's a second round, third round type guy to me. And I, you know, it's rare when we only see um, tight ends. Usually you see at least one or two tight ends that are potential first round picks. He's the only one that would even potentially crack the second round. If you really look at what most people are saying, um, you know, Ian, have you guys, anybody, have you had a chance to watch any of these tight ends? Um, uh, you said my name, so I'll answer yeah. first. Um, I'll say this. Yeah. McBride's the only one that could even go in the second round. I think I, yeah, I will, you know, maybe there's a small run on them in the third round, but I'll, I'll be shocked if like more than, you know, four tight ends are off the board after day two of the draft. I mean, it's just not a great class. Um, the one guy I kind of like is Daniel Bellinger from San Diego state. Um, and, and and by like, I mean, as a day mm -hmm. three pick, not, you know, I'm not taking him in an early round of the draft, but right. I mean, you know, he's over six, four and a half, um, you know, had a four, six 40, which was pretty good. Um, tested pretty well athletically. None of these guys are real good blockers, um, but Bellinger has the size he can move in space and um, you know, just, you know, seems like he has a, a decently well-rounded game. I mean, at this point, the overall take on tight ends is Pat Frymuth is your starter. Yep. Zach Gentry, credit to him, is now yep. your number two. Yep. Um, number three is kind of a question mark. My big concern with tight ends, though, is if Frymuth gets hurt, I don't know if Gentry can be your number one for a game, right? Like, when, when Heath got hurt, Matt Spath somehow found another gear and was able to be a number one for a couple games and actually like make some catches and move the sticks a few times and get some yards. Mm -hmm. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Gentry can be that guy. Um, we'll see. Um, I mean, Gentry is not Fryermuth from an athletic standpoint. Gentry no, can no. go down the field and get open because people are surprised that they'd even throw him the ball that they leave him wide open. Um, so he's you know developed his hands. He's got good mitts when they do throw him the ball. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, we do need a number three tight end, but, you know, there's this draft class is so thin that there will be is. plenty of guys to be had, you know, either as undrafted free agents or you can always scoop up veteran tight ends in late free agency right before training camp that you can just bring in to be a blocking tight end kind of guy. Um, you know, there's and there's some other guys still out there on the free agent market too. A lot of guys that have had injury problems over the years. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be shocked to see them draft a tight end. Um, but there's also, you know, like Jesse James is a free agent still. Um, you know, just a, a couple guys like that that mm -hmm. you could um, just go out and scoop up over the summer and, you know, pretty much pay them you know the minimum salary plus a little signing bonus and they could be fine number three tight ends my the real concern is just that if 
if Fryermuth gets hurt, you really don't have anyone there that can give you a whole yeah. lot in the passing game. The, the 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 overwhelming thing that I've noticed watching this class of tight ends, and it's not just a knock on this class, it might be going back several years. The more we see offenses evolve in college, these guys cannot inline block. They can't. It, it, it's there. There are moments. There are moments when they can, but it's not like it was even ten years ago, where a tight end could line up across from a defender and 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 stifle them at the line of scrimmage. These guys have to work so hard now to be able to do that, and it's because they're mostly on the move. We've been bitching about this for 10, 10 years, five years, Mark. Yeah. We've been talking about it on this show, about how they're not taught to block anymore in college. They're just not. They're they're big wide receivers that line up occasionally next to yep. a tackle and occasionally are asked to block, but usually they're not. Right. Because there's so much of the spread offense in college now that, eh, why teach them? Mm-hmm. Well, the guys that the guys that they do teach to to block are basically small tackles that were in schemes that involved a lot of blocking for tight ends, and those guys aren't real dynamic athletes. I mean, I actually I should I, I got to yeah. jump in again too. Sorry, because we didn't talk about with running backs, but um, you know, it's almost a certainty that Connor Hayward's going to wind up as a Steeler. So whether he's a fullback <laughs> or a tight a end, seventh rounder, yeah, guy, he'll be, yeah. 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 It's you know play special and, teams and only yeah. cut forget it. <laughs> what that? yes, Ryan? No, I so I I mean the that's my I literally it's the last note that I wrote about tight ends yeah. because I'm just gonna accept that he's either gonna be a seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent. Right. right. And just because he's Cam's brother, right, and Ironhead's son does not mean shit. Okay. <laughs> like he like he listen, and here's here's the thing. At that and this is this is no disrespect to anybody. It's been a seventh round pick, but once you get to that point, it's just kind of like, all right, we did our, you know, we we did our we did our homework. The, you know, this kid seems like he has some potential. Yeah, you know, and then you say, oh well, you know, his old, you know, his older brother is an all pro. Um, you know, so I, I have no problem. I have no problem. Like with the comparison the I make with with a guy like Connor Hayward is is Tyler Matikevich. When he came out and it was drafted. <sighs> Tomlin called it Tom, Tomlin called it football justice. You got a guy here who maybe he's not the most talented guy on yeah. the world, but he's got a great attitude. He loves football and we love mm-hmm. guys like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we got a seventh round pick. We're going to take him with it. He's, he's pretty, he's still good. He's still good. He's he's having a real yeah, no, he's, he's making yeah. a healthy living as yep. a, as a special teams ace with Buffalo now. And you know, he's I, not, he's not a great player, but he's, he's good enough. I How don't know. He in the the I mean, he's, oh, he's made yeah, a very seven. nice career. I'd say seven. seven. I think 2016 draft was hit. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had a very nice career. Yeah. I don't that, see, I don't know. see Connor Hayward being I, in the league that long. No disrespect. Right. <laughs> Just, right. But well, yeah. see, I, I, I yeah. honestly didn't think Tyler Matikavich would stick in the league no. that long. The, um, and, hate, I'm and a he's hater. Done great. One of the, the, one of the guys I was watching yesterday and he's, he's very, uh, reminiscent of, of these, these receivers becoming tight ends. Uh, the kid from Nevada, Cole Turner, um, you know, when I was watching Carson strong a little bit, he kind of flashed as well. I, this is an athletic kid. Doesn't block well in line. Decent when he's on the move, really good when he goes out and blocks on those wide receiver screens. I'll give him credit for that, but man, he catches the ball. Holy crap. He makes some really athletic plays. Um, and, and I would like to see maybe us instead of going the route of, uh, you know, your traditional third tight end being a blocking guy. How about a third tight end? That's maybe a field stretcher, you know, somebody that can be a matchup nightmare, uh, for DBs if necessary, you know, because that's what he is. That's what they used to match. Cause your time. third tight end rarely gets a hat. Yeah, no, I know. I, yeah. And, and he would have to be a special team unless he can play special teams. Right. Right. Who right. And that's. That's why I think that they're probably pretty well set with Fryermuth, Gentry, and Raider. I think they like Raider. Um, they, they, and, they keep him around for right. some reason, don't yeah. they? Right. And he 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 does just enough in the preseason to merit keeping him around. Um, but you know, there's there's some other guys out there. I mean, you got uh, the Rucker kid from Ohio State. You know, he's got good size. Man, he. he 
didn't block very well. Uh, Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State is a man. He's a big drink of water. He's like six six and a half. Um, super super smart kid. He won like the what's the equivalent of like the academic Heisman. Um, hard worker, you know. But again, not going to do much, you know, yak wise or anything like that. Um, you know, so there's there's some really interesting guys here, and uh, a, a ton ton. That are going to be free agent signings. David uh, Paulson. After. David yeah, Paulson. Yeah. Oh, yep. my God. Yeah, that was uh, that was to, to Mark's point that, um, you know, the I think they kind of tried to do that. We'll have a third tight end that can stretch the field with David Paulson. Thank you guys for remembering his name. Um, <laughs> he was he was too he was too nice to play football. Was he really? <laughs> yeah. He's Oregon, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah way too nice. Yeah. I got I just got a couple quick thoughts. And yeah. tell me to tell me to shut up, but nope. um, all right, shut up. No, you got Jets, your notes. Go for it. Well, Ian, yeah. So Ian, you you talked about some guys. So I, I know he's so he's thirty two, but but the Jets released Ryan Griffin recently. Um, you know he mm-hmm. the last couple years, uh, almost seven hundred yards total, couple, seven touchdowns. He's again, he's thirty two, just just a veteran presence. He can block. Yep. Hey, you probably get him for peanuts. Um, you know. I, to me, to me, there's probably a reason why Jesse James isn't back here yet. Um, maybe it's the comment that he made about not not being with the Kardashians anymore when he went to, <laughs> right. you know, when he went to Detroit after that. But you know, Ryan Griffith, he has experience with the Texans and and Jets, and you know, I, again, I I know they're nerd. That might that might that could that, they're already young at that position, so maybe adding a vet like that could help. Uh, another guy, and I, I wasn't even I really wasn't even looking at at you know, some of the top graded uh, tight ends, yeah. but you know, uh, so kid from uh, Virginia, Jelani Jelani Woods, six yeah. seven, two sixty. Yep. yep. Um, he's an athlete. Zone he's a red zone threat, yes. and he reminds me of Mo Ali Cox. Um, so Woods was actually a court was a quarterback too. So, you know, obviously Mo Ali Cox played played B ball at VCU, but um, and then mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. Iowa State tight end. So I I, I could see Jale- the Woods kid fourth or we don't have a fifth, but maybe maybe fourth round if they wanted to reach. I don't think they will, but yeah, I don't. Either. Um, yeah. And then a guy Iowa State other Iowa State kid Chase Allen. He's mm-hmm. a good blocker, six six two fifty. Um, yep. Comparisons to Foster Moreau um, for a you know seventh round undrafted free agent. I wouldn't hate that either. So I, I don't expect them to make a splash when well, it comes to tight ends, but um, I I would say that they have they have Eric options. Ebron is still a free agent. He is. He is actually the guy I would like to draft is the is the kid that was a freshman last year at Georgia. Um, that kid is a freaking stud. If, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he, he made play after play in the in the playoffs. And have we uh, ever seen a, a? Yeah, we've definitely seen it. But do yeah. you, I mean, just the dramatic decline in Eric Ebron was just like it, it, I, I like that twenty twenty season. I can't remember. Was it the Washington game? He just sucked. Started dropping everything. That yeah, was when he started everything. dropping everything. Yeah, and, but yeah. but then the whole team caught dropping. It, 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 yeah, was, like, yeah. it was the drops. It was like it, it yeah. was like it was contagious. Yeah. There was some mm-hmm. virus they were passing around, and nobody could catch the damn ball. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it very much was. Um, before we uh, transition over to tackles, guys, because they're the complete opposite of the tight ends. Very very good tackle class. Uh, two titles are up for grabs, and the stacked UFC 273 card. Uh, join the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter and get $100 in free bets, win or lose, guaranteed. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, throw down $5 on UFC 273, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TPPN this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook. Check it out, if you, especially if you're a UFC person, for sure. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Hey, uh, when you and Aaron are hanging out on weekends and watching pro wrestling, do you guys ever complain amongst, amongst yourselves about the fact that you can't bet on pro wrestling? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. What was the last part of that? Do you guys ever? Do you guys ever complain amongst yourselves about the fact that you can't bet on pro wrestling? Because I mean, it's totally real, right? 
Well, number one, I don't know that I've actually watched an episode of wrestling since um, Hulk Hogan was part of that whole NWA or whatever it was back then. NWO. There you go. See, it's been a while. Um, Now, uh, as far as Aaron goes, uh, and Aaron is our our terrific graphics man here at Steel City Blitz, uh, he loves himself some wrestling. And Uh you're absolutely right. There is no gambling on wrestling. And why is that? Well, I I think it's because the talent is so good that oh. they just it would just be pick up matches all the time. I see. <laughs> and and so therefore there's no way there's to, nothing to, to do with the fact that the outcome is predetermined. I have no idea what you're talking about. Scripted, uh-huh. Ben. Scripted. I, I, right. Scripted. I'm sorry. Scripted. Right. Well, hey, there's people that think that uh pro football scripted. So, yeah, you know, well, I, I, I disagree, but what are you going to do? Uh, anyway, the tackle position, guys, we re-signed Chuxacore 4 to a very nice deal. We have Dan Moore, who played above and beyond anything that was expected of him as a yeah. rookie. Yeah. All right. So we would seemingly be set there. But, man, there are some really good offensive tackles uh, in this and- draft. And let's be honest, Dan Moore is not good enough that you don't draft a tackle if if the right one is available. Okay, so you, you beat me to the punch here, and that's exactly what I was going to start with. At 20, there's a real good chance somebody's going to drop, and it very well could be one of these top four tackles. So do you right. take one and then just deal with it? And Kevin Colbert has said in years before, I'm not afraid to have too much talent at one position. I'll figure it out, you know. And and so yeah, you, Charles I, I, Cross or Trevor Panning are there. Yeah. Well, yeah. that and that's what I'm getting at. You got uh, Equinu from NC State is going to be gone. I think he'll gone. be a top. Evan Neal will be pick. gone. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Charles Cross is is one that could slide Mississippi State. Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa. He's the kid, man. I love that that guy is. He would be perfect in Pittsburgh. He just he's a little raw, but yeah, he is. Good. He is. Um, so those top like four guys. And, right. and yeah, so Ben, if you're looking at those guys and you're sitting there at 20, do you take one if they fall? I do. Now, I think the Steelers have got their hearts set on a quarterback Seems for some way. fucking reason. But yeah, I absolutely take a quarterback. Excuse me. I absolutely take an offensive tackle to protect my quarterback. Yeah. And set my lineup to be a better unit than they were last year. And right. yeah, I mean, what's what's the worst thing that happens to Dan Moore? He becomes a swing tackle. He's got to learn to play on the right, right. so that he can get a hat on on Sundays. That's not the end of the world. No, and I agree. It, it doesn't mean that you know he's not going to have a good career. And if the tackle comes along slowly, you got Dan Moore. Yeah, you know exactly. And, like if you take a if you take a Trevor Penning, you may have to bring him along slowly. Mm-hmm. For example, I mean, he played at Northern Iowa. That's not exactly, you know, the cream of the crop of, right. of competition he was going against. And going in every day and trying to block Cam Hayward might be an eye-opener. Bit of a Just tall thinking order. out loud. Yeah. Ian, what uh, – any of these tackles, you, you get a chance to look at them yet? Yeah. Um, so, I, I actually kind of see the class a little differently. I think it's the top three. Um, okay. More than the top four. Um, so I think you've definitely got the the top three um, with Iquanu, um, Neil, and Cross as the as the top three. Um, and I, pro- I I just given how tackles go, I think all three of them are probably going in the top fifteen or so of the draft. Just, that's yeah, usually yeah, probably the top three tackles. It, 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 real, real quick, yeah. Cross, I've seen Cross moving up and down the first round more than anybody. It seems yeah, like I, I've seen him in the top seven. I've seen him at like twenty five. He probably has the biggest variance, um, okay. but I'll still be surprised if. I'll I'll be surprised if he's there when we pick. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I I did. It would have research. to fall just right, and and teams would have to get really aggressive trying to draft quarterbacks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if if that happens, then yeah, we could get a really really good offensive lineman. Yeah, and, that, and that's just Which he's the guy I'm thinking wouldn't hurt my feelings yeah. any or defensive no. lineman. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, it would not hurt my feelings in the least. Well, that'll be next week's show. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I go did ahead, some research last year on like when you know the the average, um, you know, like first tackle, second tackle, third tackle was taken. So I was trying to pull that up, but uh, I'll get back to my summary of the class and I'll go find the data while you guys talk. Um, 
So I, I can see is those three at the top and then the three, I'll say small school guys, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, right. uh, Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan, and Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Depending on kind of the neediness of teams, all three of them could go in the first round. Like, you know, those those other guys could sneak into the late first, mm-hmm. or, you know, they could all kind of fall into the early second round, just kind of depending on how the board falls, right? Like, I'll use edge rushers. Last year, we didn't think it was a great edge rusher class, but six of them still went in the first round, right. and that a whole ridiculous. bunch of them went, like, in the last ten picks of the first round. Yeah. So I kind of see this tackle class like that, that that, that second tier of tackles, they could all wind up as first-round picks just because – those teams picking from 20 to 32, and I'll include us in this, could all use tackles. Um, and so, you know, it's just kind of weighing where they rank those guys versus mm-hmm. everyone else on the board. But after after those that second tier, after that top six, everyone else is kind of interchangeable. They're all like big school guys. Right. Um, there's Daniel Filet from Minnesota, Abraham Lucas from Washington State, um, Nicholas Petit Friere from Ohio State, Rashid Walker from Penn State. Like, those are all day two guys to me. Like, second, third round, they could go in any order. Should um, any offensive lineman be named Petit, by the way? Yeah. I mean, come on. Or, that guy yeah. got to change his damn name. So, the, the one, the, and the one other thing I'll say is that uh, new offensive line coach Pat Meyer went to two pro days this year. He went to Minnesota and he went to Texas AM. Uh, so, if you look at their past history of, you know, where they send their position coaches, it's usually towards guys they have some kind of interest in. Yeah, now, Kenyon Green. Kenyon Green from Texas yep. A&M is a guard, yep. and he's really good. He's probably the top guard in the class. Yeah. Um, and Minnesota's Daniel Falele in that second tier um, yeah. of tackles, <laughs> but he tested really bad athletically. Yep. But the dude is six foot eight, he's a 390. I mean, he is a mountain out there, yeah. but he can't move. He's bigger um, than Zach Banner, I think. But he's a mountain. Yeah. yeah so that worked yeah. out well. Well, and that's so, where I was going, Scarf. Yeah. So so they wouldn't take him in day one. But, no disrespect. You know, I, I could see him if he's there in the second round getting some consideration. But there's other positions, too, between wide receiver and safety and other things that they need. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I'll turn it over to you guys. That's my summary of the, the tackle class, though. But it is, a, it is a pretty deep class. I mean, you know, I just named 10 guys that are going to be picked probably in the top two or three rounds. Um, Easy. That, that are all... I'll say eventually capable of playing in the NFL. You know, some of those other guys mm-hmm. in that third tier aren't really capable of coming in and playing. Although we thought that about Dan Moore last year, we said, Hey, he's got the frame. <laughs> he just needs time to develop. And unfortunately right. because of injuries and everything else, he didn't, he didn't get the time. He got kind of thrown into the fire, but Hey, you know, he, he did, uh, he did maybe, as well as we could have Dan expected. Moore will have gained weight over the summer, you know, and, and yeah. come in and, and be, that dominant yeah. tackle that, yeah. that they think he could potentially grow into being. Yeah. And, and you know, one, one other, well, two pieces of, of information that many people do know, but I'll say it anyways, that, you know, the Steelers haven't gone outside uh, the power five in round one since Ben Roethlisberger in 2004. So if you stay with that, that's going to eliminate a kid like Penning from Northern Iowa. Or in round two. They haven't gone outside in round two. And, and it would eliminate. Coakley. Yeah. Raymond, right, Ricardo Coakley, or it would eliminate Raymond from Central Michigan, who, by the way, is the oldest uh, of all of the eligible tackles. He's he's 25 and a half years old already. Um, it's not which, that it, old as a tackle. No, it's not though. that old, but when you compare it to a lot of the other guys, yeah. 21, 22. I, I, my bigger concern with age is in skill positions. Uh, and, and it's not to say that yeah. you, you don't need skill if you're a tackle, but. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's not. It's not as important there. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, you, can, uh, you, you, can... you need to you need to be able to grow as a skill right. position player, and and you need to have a whole bunch of other personality traits that aren't necessarily as important. You just have to kind of be nasty as a, as an offensive lineman and willing to work. And if you are, refine your technique and just be the guy. Learn it. You know, grow into it. But it's it's closer combat. For sure. And, and you know, one of the things that, you know, he brought up with the new OL coach going to Minnesota, for example, I mean, Ryan, they're, they're trying to run 
a lot of this outside zone stuff. Do you want a six foot eight, three hundred ninety pound tackle, or do you want somebody that can move a little bit more? Yeah. Uh. I want somebody that can move a little bit more. I, I mean, but it, it doesn't sound like the kid could move. Um, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily understood the assignment, um, but <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 so if everything Ian and Ben has already said, the Steelers at twenty, I, I do think uh, Cross is going to be gone by then. So I, I really okay. didn't, I really didn't even see the Steelers taking a tackle early. Um, I could probably at 20, if Linderbaum's still there, Kenyon Green's still there, I could see them going for those guys. But um, so I, I, I just started looking and, and truth be told, I, I pretty much picked these guys because they have cool names. Um, <laughs> what? No, no, they have cool names and they actually have talent. It's a kind um, of deep insight you only get around here. So I mean, if so, he's an interior lineman, but Cole Strange is from Chattanooga. <laughs> Maybe could, yeah, could see them potentially go in maybe third choo, or fourth, choo. third or fourth round. Um, smart and tough. He's made for zone, uh, and it has comparisons to uh, JC Treader. Has excellent pad level, um, and then some later guys. And we talked about uh, Coach uh, Coach Meyer. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Or, yeah. yeah. Coach Meyer going to Minnesota's pro day. Perhaps he might have been there to look at this is a great name blaze andries all right he is a tackle guard has multi-position starting experience he has an nfl frame but he's not the best blocker so he's Mm -hmm. a guard but he's an interior lineman yes and then another guy from a smaller school by the name of spencer buford he's a guard slash tackle texas san antonio has long arms and he's quick. 6'4", 304. He reminds me of Kelvin Beecham. Oh, the Beach man. Okay. And I'm, so, I, so, you know, again, I don't know if I necessarily – it's been a rough week, man. I don't know if I necessarily understood, understood the assignment, but I would – Long story short, I don't. I don't. I don't. Doing the homework. I don't expect the Steelers to draft. I don't expect the Steelers to draft a tackle. Um, I think that they will be looking at hybrid linemen later on in the draft. I I would agree with Unless, the only exception being is if one of those guys falls. Agree, exa- they, exactly. they need a and tackle. I, they they need one. Now they don't need a starter, but they need a tackle. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you know, yeah. I saw. Hey, Spencer Buford, Kelvin Beecham did a pretty damn good job as a tackle. He did. He did. Kelvin um, Beecham was technically so sound that he overachieved. He he went way beyond. It's still playing. He went way Is beyond he? his natural. Yeah, Arizona. Okay. St- okay. I thought went he got way, way beyond his natural ability, his own potential, because he was technically so sound. Yeah. You know, uh, not many guys are like that. And no. he just, no, I agree. He learned on the job and, and became a pretty decent tackle. It's never great, but I mean, damn, it's one of those guys, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. he gets in mm-hmm. seventh round compensatory pick and he's still playing in the league. Is that 10 years, 11 years? I, I don't Where know. did he come? Virginia? 2012. No, SMU. 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 That's right. That was the same draft class as Manny Sanders, I think. We took okay, two guys maybe that's SMU what I'm, that. All right. No? No, no, Manuel Kel- Sanders and, and AB yeah, in 2010. He, right, no, no, no. That was the Mike Adams year. That's right. That was that was when we took Mike Adams. Yeah. No, I thought Beach Top was the second 2012. Round. The second. Yeah, it was Mike Adams. Yeah. yeah. Was it? After yeah. DeCastro. Yeah, yeah. 20, yeah. yeah. Gilbert was 2011. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and that must have been a fun thing to manage. And to his to to Beecham's credit, his footwork was always really good. Yeah, and that's well, that's great. Technically, and technically, technically, and technically from a technical really standpoint, he was money. He had and good hands. Yes, he had short he was arms. Smart as hell too. Yeah. He had short he, arms, but but he, he had worked his he ass had Great hands. He had yeah. great feet. Yeah. No, he he was a technician. He well, absolutely uh, overachieved. And and that's yeah. where and something that I feel like's been lost league wide is that the technique of linemen, especially coming out of college, is just terrible. And Beecham's a credit to it that you can make up for a lack of size if you have good technique. But the technique of these guys coming out of college is just awful. All around, you watch college offensive line play, it's terrible. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just so different. Yeah. You know, it's it's basically, hey, hold your block for a couple of seconds so we can get the throw away or we can pop the running back uh, to the outside. I, I mean, yeah. you know, something to that effect. But, um, you know, now some of those top tackles, by the way, there's discussion about moving them inside. And the one, and we kind of had this discussion today in our, our chat, but wasn't, wasn't Evan Neal, isn't he one that there's some discussion about him going in guard? I don't see that. That's insane. He's six foot seven, three thirty seven. Like you do I, not move a guy like that into guard. Now I could see um Iquanu, who's six four three ten, Charles Cross, six four three oh seven. I could potentially see considering yeah. yeah position versatility with them. But uh, guys like guys like Neil or Penning or even Raymond who are six six, six seven, you don't move those guys inside the I, guard. I don't think so. But... No, there's no way. How are you if... gonna yeah. If they have great abilities as a run blocker and they're mobile enough to pull, then it makes sense. Otherwise, no, I tend to agree right. with you. And yeah. especially if they've got the frame to be a dominant on an island tackle, which I think Neil does, mm-hmm. you don't move him. You just, you don't. You, you know, you got, if you got a guy who's out, out there right. who's got long arms and can take on an edge rusher, an elite edge rusher by himself, you leave that guy a tackle. You don't, you don't screw around and try and put him at get fancy yeah. and, and, I, I, and put him at guard because he'll be good at guard too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the arm thing's a good point because that was one of the big things about Dan Moore was he had the longest arms of the draft class last year, which yeah. is one of the reasons why I was pretty high on him as a mid-round pick coming in and was kind of glad they took a chance on him. I, I think we're – I know Ben and I are in agreement. We both wish yeah. they had taken the tackle earlier, right. but for a mid-round pick, Dan Moore was an exception. Yeah, he, he was no a good fourth-rounder, no question. Yeah. It just it was too late. But, yeah, I think you're right. Was, his arms were like 37, something oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Spencer Buford, long arms. <laughs> Spencer Buford. That's why he reminds you of Kelvin Beecham? No, he he has he no, I, I, he's he's first of all he has a similar frame. Um, he went to school in Texas. Um, Beecham Buford, I, I don't know. He reminds me of Sheriff Buford T. Justice. That's yeah, who he reminds I mean, me of. Beecham I gotta, didn't, did, does not have long arms, but he's no 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 no. Uh, yeah, technically, by the way, technically, technically the guy thing. is just so flipping good. Yeah. Yeah. Do Let's, you? Uh, yeah. Well, let me slide into the interior guys here because there, there's, you know, yes. I think there's a couple of possibilities here as well. We mentioned Kenyon Green at Texas A&M. He's bounced mm-hmm. around between kind of the first and the second round. Zion Johnson, Boston College. He's played in a couple of different types of offenses, and he's he's thrived in in both of those situations. Um, and then you start getting into the second and third round guys. Uh, Kennard from Kentucky, uh, Jamari Salyer out of Georgia. Um, another Central Michigan kid, Luke Goodeye, you know, and, and so you, you you've got there's a ton of guys in that middle thing, but I don't Parham? know that we what's that? Did you mention Parham? Parham out of Memphis. Uh, why don't I wonder if he's got him separated into? Uh, yeah, sometimes the listing between guards and centers is cent, yeah yeah he he's under the center list. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean a possibility there because the center position is relatively thin. Um, it's it's, you know, it's thin. top heavy, is what yes. it is. Yes, Linderbaum and you got uh, a couple of guys, and that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For my money, you do. I mean, it's nothing like last year. You, nah. you had you know several guys that um, plugged in right away, but you know again they're looking for a very specific type of guard, and and you know Kevin Dotson seems to be the guy on the left side. But if he can't stay healthy, he's not going to have that spot much longer. Um, I you know, yeah. Regardless of how big and nasty he might be, um, you know, and and then we still don't really. Maybe we do. Do we know what they are truly doing uh, when it comes to who's going to play center, who's going to play guard? I mean, is is it assumed that James Daniels is I'm, going to be I'm the right guard, or James Daniel he... is going to be the center? I think we'll he is see. too. I don't know that, and I have not been given any nope. indication of what nope. direction you know Coach Myers is thinking he right. wants to, to throw people in there. But um, he is, as of today, on paper, he's their best offensive lineman. 
no question. Yeah. And having that guy play right. the pivot along the line mm-hmm. might so, serve them well as well. You know, you, you look at the fact that Kevin Dotson, who didn't have a great year last year, but he had a, a nice, very nice rookie campaign. Yeah. He can come back and, and regain that momentum and become a dominant player again. You know, that, that would help out a lot too. That would solidify things. And then you, you're left with that, that one extra guard spot. If you do that and you just, you let green and, and Mason Cole duke it out for that. Yeah. And the other guy, the guy who loses gets to be the, the, in the interior line swingman. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I agree. With it. I think yeah. that's where it's headed. Um, what happens if, what, I mean, what happens if green can't play guard? He played guard more than center in college. Though. I know, I, I I get that, but he just yeah. had a year under under center. Like yeah. I, I'm just, yeah. I'm not saying what I don't know. I don't know what his mental fortitude is, but you know, no, I mean, I would question. I would say too. Like I mean, we've all we've all played sports. Like we've we were you know we, we've all gotten our asses kicked in something. You know what I mean? Like sure. sometimes it's hard to you know it's hard to rebound from that, and and especially if he is listening to the noise. That's why I I I propose Cole Strange. From Chattanooga, <laughs> interior lineman. I'm telling yeah. you, third or fourth. I, I, you know, I agree, Ben. They need to draft a tackle, but I, I don't need a tackle, and I don't I, know if they're, they're going to necessarily draft one or sign one, but they need a tackle. I, I agree. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't know enough about that sort of second wave that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. Mm-hmm. Sure, where I could feel comfortable. I mean, obviously, me and Cole Strange are best friends. <laughs> you right. Know, you can't tell. But, like, I just – I don't know. I do – they do need a – hey, I'm telling you right now. They, if, we, if we draft this kid, we're going to call him doctor. Uh, that's fair. And we're going to get a hold of Dan immediately at dc4lcustomteeth.com. <laughs> He's going to whip up a shirt if, right if away. They, if they draft Spencer Buford. Spencer Buford. Big I will Buford. Get, I will get T-shirts made. <laughs> right? I'm telling you, I okay. called it Buford. I like call it Big Buford, man. That, that's a rally, by the way. That's rallies. Yeah, yes. you have rallies. Oh yeah. We, there oh, used yeah. to be. There used to be a. Oh man, this is rallies. If anybody's been the one since I was college, but if yeah. anyone's listed in Pittsburgh, there used to be a rallies on uh, Washington Boulevard, um, in between Hamilton Avenue, um and frankstown avenue and it was so damn good and and it went away like there was like it was so good i think there's one with a big yes yeah i I just the rallies left checkers slash rallies up but then there's there's one there's one in penn hills now Ah. that i've never that i've never been to but i oh man i'm starving let's get it boy here we go (laughs) um the thing thing, ryan to kind of go back to your original point i'm worse sober by the way go ahead (laughs) what if he can't play guard well, I agree with what Ian was alluding to. He had 29 starts at guard in college, and he only had four starts at center. And the Steelers drafted him with the intention of converting him to center, and he failed. Yeah. Hand usage is so much different at center than it is at yep. guard. Yep. And being back in a more familiar position might help him. You'd think so. I mean, you would think you would hold. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, All I, I'm saying. Yep. So I, I, I would be more optimistic about his his chances of being effective if he were at guard rather than center. And you could be right too. It could be there. There could yeah. be a psychological effect that that getting his butt kicked all year last year has, and he may not be able to get past it. But I think, I think there that. Sometimes when that happens, you, there's some value in sitting back and watching for a little while. Absolutely. Because Hassenauer, or how, what, what do you call him, Ryan? Hassen Saucer? Hassen Saucer. Hassenauer is not a good center, and he was far superior. Yeah, that that had to be a a real kick in the pants. Yeah, that, absolutely. That, that's that a great had point. to be, that had yep. to be a, a, a kick in the junk. It, yep. it It's... Do you re- this is this is a throw? Do you remember when Trey Essex played center? Trey Essex is really good. Love Trey. Love Trey. Trey Essex played center. Was he like a third team center or something? Yes. Well, we played the Rams in 2011 at yes. home, and it was the week after I think 
it was a week after the save. We were at San Fran. The light, the power went out, which is one of the craziest things ever. Ben hurt his ankle. It was miserable. Yes, so Pouncy, Pouncy got hurt too, and then somebody else got hurt. And if I could, Trey Essex got a game ball because he started at center against the Rams, and. I mean, the Rams were terrible. Oh yeah, I remember then, that game. We won twenty-seven. That... We think we won twenty-seven nothing. No, I think we shut them out. Twenty-seven nothing. Twenty-seven nothing. Stephen Jackson had a hundred-yard game when you couldn't even run on the Steelers. But like, that's how good Stephen Jackson was. But like, literally, the Rams. I mean, they like, gave up. They, they, I mean, they didn't even get off the bus. Like, it was so <laughs> bad. Yeah. I mean, Steven, Steven Jackson got off the bus. He was – he. So, basically, the Steelers just sold out. And they were like, yeah, you can get your yards. It's fine. We're going to yeah. go ahead and stop oh. the pass. Yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> Kellen uh, Clemens was their quarterback. And then – and then, but, like, even – like, Charlie Batch – I mean, Charlie Batch started, and, and like, we didn't have to do much at all. Like, like I, I, I want to say – John Clay scored John a touchdown. Clay scored a touchdown. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was just like, I mean, it, I mean, it was like, I, I remember like, I remember funny. like, I, 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 it was, it was, I remember like when he scored, like Tomlin was like laughing. And I think he literally <laughs> was laughing like, holy shit, John Clay just scored a touchdown, like in an NFL game. Like, <laughs> good memories. Anyway, I've, I've never seen a team give up an entire game like that, like the it Rams did. Like, they were just so. They, they looked like they didn't even want to be there the entire game. Like, it was like the Browns were this year, but 10 times worse. Like, they just – they oh, looked yeah. like they didn't even want to play. Oh, they, yeah, the Browns in that, that week uh, – Ben's, 17? Ben's oh, final game? Well, uh, week 18. Ben's yeah. the final home game. They just yeah. kind of – they yeah. walked through it. Yeah. That it was, was it was 10 was times worse with the Rams yeah. that game. I, I remember that game now that Ryan's talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't just any – TV run for John Clay. That was a 10 yarder too. <laughs> <laughs> that was also, and this is, you know, I don't want to make an excuses for the, for the Tebow year, but that was also the season that ended with Tim Tebow. But there were, uh, I mean, it was literally like slim pickings when we got to that game because Richard tore his ACL in the season finale at Cleveland yeah. and Chad Spann got a hat. At Denver, Chad Spann was a running back who, like, yeah. I mean, he was he was on a practice. I, I mean, everybody got hurt. Like, that was a really, really weird year. Trey Essex is playing center, and he got a game ball, by the way. Anyway, yeah. I am – like, this is why I should drink. I, I just, <laughs> hey. This is why I'm all over the place. Trey, over uh, the place. Trey by the way, is a great follow on Twitter. He, he is. He is. Uh, he, he is. He's great. He's a very fun uh, – he'll – you know, if you're one of those that you uh, enjoy interacting with Steelers, uh, uh, former Steelers, then he, he he's typically one you can do that with. Um, next week, we will be focusing uh, over on the defensive side of the ball. We'll start looking at defensive line um, and uh, perhaps the edge guys as well. And we'll just kind of take it from there. Um, and Ryan will probably be drunk I, uh, next Ryan's, week for sure. Ryan's got some serious making up to do. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but anyway, make sure you check out the site, steelcityblitz.com, um, on Twitter at scblitz and Facebook, steelcityblitz.com and Instagram, steelcityblitz as well. We are all over the place, boys and girls. Uh, for everybody, this is Steel Dad signing off and hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.